Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we are going to be continuing our all 32 NFL team previews for the upcoming 2023 fantasy football season. We're going to be taking a look at what every offense in the league did in the 2022 season and what you can expect moving forward in the 2023 season. We're going to talk ranks, projections, general outlook for all offensive players in the league, one team at a time for redraft, dynasty, and best ball leagues. Today's team is the Baltimore Ravens. Now, one thing I do want to highlight is if you are listening to the podcast on audio form, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast, please rate and review. It really does help me out a lot. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button. Please hit the like button. It shows me a lot of support. really helps the videos get noticed, and I really do appreciate it. If you subscribe, you'll be notified when new episodes drop, like the next team that we're going to be doing, which is the Cleveland Browns. Also, all of our golf and college football content as well. All right, so Enough with the introduction. Let's go ahead and start talking about the Baltimore Ravens. But first, let's get a quick word from our friends at Spotify. All right, so the Ravens offense in 2022 was not exactly explosive, not exactly on par with what they had been doing in the previous seasons with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. Last year, they ranked 16th in the league in yards per game and 19th in the league in points per game. Um, Now, what is relevant to know is that Lamar Jackson did miss the last five games of the season, and the team averaged 24.75 points when Lamar Jackson was active and just 17.8 points without Lamar Jackson. Kind of um, a big drop there that about you know, about 30% of their points just disappeared when Lamar Jackson got hurt. Now, it is also worth noting that Baltimore has a new offensive coordinator in Todd Munkin. Munkin was previously the offensive coordinator at Georgia for their two national championship teams. So what we know about Baltimore's offense last year was they utilized two running backs on a lot of snaps. They utilized two tight ends on a lot of snaps. So um, a very kind of heavy personnel team that did not play a lot of guys at the wide receiver position last year for Baltimore. Todd Munkin at Georgia, he was a big proponent of multiple tight end packages with Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington, but they were still having two or three receivers on the field pretty much at all times. So I do think you can expect this offense to be a little bit more opened up than it was last year. Um, You know, a little less of the heavy personnel, a little more of kind of the modern spread offense that you've seen a lot of NFL and college teams. Now, In terms of what the Ravens did as a play calling unit last year, they did have the third highest rush rate in the NFL last season, which means that you can inverse that for the pass rate. It means they had the 30th pass rate in the league. They were one of the most run heavy teams in the NFL. Now granted, could that be because their starting quarterback got hurt? Yeah, but they also ran the ball a lot with Lamar Jackson as well. Do not get that twisted. Now, the Ravens were not a prolific passing offense last season at all. They only had three different players, top 100 receiving yards in a game last year, and Mark Andrews was the only one of those three that did it twice. Just um, not a very prolific passing offense. And like I said earlier, I would expect them to be a little bit more pass happy. I would be a little expect them to be a little bit more wide open, a little bit more of a modern spread with Todd Munkin as the new offensive coordinator. Now, enough about what they did in 2022. Let's take a look at what we can expect from 2023. So let's start off with the QB position. So Lamar Jackson is back and healthy for the Baltimore Ravens. And last year he finished his QB 14 overall and QB six in fantasy points per game. Lamar had six weekly top 10 finishes in his 11 active games. Well, 11 games that he finished, I should say. And he finished his QB1 in both weeks two and week three. So what you see from Lamar is that he had a very high 
weekly ceiling. He did have some floor performances as well in there, but when he was active, he was pretty good. And I think it's easy for people to forget because he did miss the last five games, but QB six in, in fantasy points per game is, is not bad at all. Now in his five finished games, Tyler Huntley only averaged 10.6 fantasy points per game. And in a week, he never finished better than QB 15. So Tyler Huntley in his time as the starter in Baltimore was just not a very fantasy productive player, which was in direct contrast to what he did in 2021. In 2021, Tyler Huntley was a very good plug and play guy in redraft leagues. He was a very solid DFS play as well, but that was not the case in 2022. Now let's talk about what Lamar Jackson did in the run game last year. So he was still effective as a runner in 2022. He ran third among all quarterbacks in carries per game. He ranked third in total rushing yards among quarterbacks, even with five games missed. The only two guys that he trailed were Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields. And then he was second in rush attempts per game, or I'm sorry, second in rushing yards per game among quarterbacks. Pretty efficient. Uh, and then I actually think he could be a favorite for positive touchdown regression in the rushing department. He only scored three rushing touchdowns, which was his career low um, since his rookie year in 2018. So I, I really do think that Jackson could be a little bit more prolific in the run game next year, just because I think he's kind of due to score more touchdowns than just the three that he scored this year. Now, the bottom line for the QB position for the Baltimore Ravens is that Lamar Jackson is still a high ceiling fantasy quarterback who should be drafted as a secure starter. He is in my third tier of quarterbacks, and he is my quarterback six for the 2023 season. In best ball leagues, um, I think that he's a guy that you have to draft um, and stack later. Or if you have Mark Andrews, maybe you can sneak in a Lamar Jackson, um, you know, to stack those two together. But you definitely, if you're drafting him in best ball, I definitely think he's a guy that if you want to stack him with one of the wide receivers, you don't have to invest a whole lot of draft capital in him or in the wide receivers because, you know, the wide receivers are going much later. So I think he's a very intriguing best ball pick. I think the high ceiling makes him a great best ball pick. Speaking of best ball, um, if you are interested in trying out best ball drafts, I recommend doing so on Underdog Fantasy. Check out my promo code MCONLY88. It is in the YouTube description. It is also pinned to my Twitter profile at Mike's Money Picks. Now, I will say also in terms of tiers, I think that this year at quarterback, you've got the big three, um, Allen, Mahomes, Hurts. I think you've got Joe Burrow in a tier alone, and then I have Lamar in the next tier. I have Lamar and Justin Fields in that tier three. I think those two are very close together, very similar resumes heading in the next year, um, and I have Fields just barely edging out Lamar Jackson for that top five quarterback spot. All right, so enough about the quarterback position. Let's go ahead and switch gears and talk about some running backs. Now, for the running back position for the Baltimore Ravens. No Ravens running back finished in the top 40 in fantasy scoring in 2022, and no Ravens running back topped a 45% snap share on the season. Now, the Ravens also only targeted the running back position 63 times in 2022, which was 31st in the league. So translation, the Ravens running backs were simply not good fantasy options last year, which comes in direct contrast to what you would expect given their play calling being the third highest rush rate in the league. So what it boils down to is this team doesn't utilize the running back in ways that are fantasy lucrative. They don't build around one running back. They do not target the running back in the pass game. And in the red zone, they're content to run Lamar Jackson. They're content to throw the ball as well. They do not give the ball to running backs in the red zone very often. So just creates a very damp situation for the running back position 
when in reality it should be a very good one because of how much they run the ball. At the end of the season, they ranked as the seventh highest team in run plays per game. So that's ignoring the percentage rate. Uh, it's just looking at the total number of plays, and that, which the Ravens didn't have a lot, um, and they averaged the seventh highest team run plays per game. Now, let's see if we can pinpoint if any of these running backs can break through in 2023. So in 2022, Dobbins, Drake, and Gus Edwards were all utilized um, to an extent in this Baltimore backfield. And in terms of weekly finishes, J.K. Dobbins had two finishes in the top 10. Kenyon Drake actually kind of one-upped him a little bit, though. He had three top 11 finishes, but all of which came without either J.K. Dobbins or Gus Edwards or both, the one week where he was the only active back. Kenyon Drake did really well. Um, and then Gus Edwards only recorded one top 25 weekly finish, which was in week seven when J.K. Dobbins was inactive. Now, the production among running backs, also I think it's important to note, was not drastically different with or without Lamar Jackson. The two averages were fairly similar, so I don't think that it's enough to draw a conclusion that the running backs were better or worse with Lamar Jackson in the lineup. Now, let's talk about J.K. Dobbins a little bit because he's the guy who's going to be drafted first out of the Baltimore running backs. Baltimore did get rid of Kenyon Drake, who was their primary cast or pass catching back last year. Gus Edwards is still a Raven also, but it looks like the committee is going to be Dobbins and Edwards as of this moment. So J.K. Dobbins missed the entire 2021 season in the first two weeks of the 2022 season with a torn ACL. He also missed five more games in the middle of 2022. And J.K. Dobbins last year did record one stat that kind of made me double take, kind of made me rethink a little bit about J.K. Dobbins. So he averaged 5.7 yards per carry last year, which was the highest of any running back who got more than 90 carries last year. I, I had to be very specific with that number because I believe Dobbins was at 93. So um, very impressive number with that 5.7 yards per carry for Dobbins. What it signals is that after he came back the second time, he was back to being J.K. Dobbins after that torn ACL. I, I really think that when you look at last season for J.K. Dobbins, there was the initial period of time that he missed. He was back a first time where he wasn't really right yet, missed five more games, and then the second time he was back. Um, and he really did serve as the leader of that committee in that end of the season stretch that he was back. Now, the bottom line is this for the Baltimore Ravens running backs. Even with new offensive coordinator Todd Munkin, this Ravens running back room as a whole should have plenty of opportunity to put up fancy points. I still believe that they're going to be a fairly run-heavy football team. I don't know if they're going to necessarily target the running back in the passing game a whole lot more, but I, I do think that there's going to be plenty of touches, plenty of opportunities for these Raven running backs. Now, J.K. Dobbins is the one that could possibly take advantage of that. He now has a clean bill of health. He's in a great situation in this Baltimore backfield, but he has very little history to bank on, and there's still Gus Edwards and the threat of a backfield committee there as well. So I do have J.K. Dobbins as my running back 29 heading into next season. That might sound a little low, but when you really sit down and start looking at running backs, I, I just think there's a lot of other guys out there that have a better situation, a better path to being a top 10 running back than J.K. Dobbins does. Now, I will say unique strategy in best ball would be to stack the Ravens run game, which would be to pair up Lamar Jackson with J.K. Dobbins and make that your Ravens stack. I think that's a very interesting opportunity because as we mentioned, this team does love to run the football. All right, that does it for the running back position. Let's go ahead and switch on over and talk about some wide receivers. So last year, as bleak as the running back position was, the wide receiver position was probably even worse for the Ravens offense. The Ravens did not have a wide receiver finish in the top 60 fantasy wide receivers last season. 
Yes, you heard that correctly. They did not have a top 60 wide receiver on the season. The Ravens also targeted the wide receiver position at the lowest rate of any team in the league last season. Only 42.6% of their team targets went to wideouts, which was good for 198 total targets. Now, if you're doing the math there, like Devontae Adams, like, almost got to that just by himself. Justin Jefferson almost got to that just by himself. So like, um, not exactly a great situation for the wideouts. Anyway, Demarcus Robinson ended up leading the wide receiver room in targets um, over the course of the entire season, largely because he played all 17 games. Now, in terms of those 17 games, the Ravens wide receivers did not give you a whole lot of spike weeks either. Ravens wide receivers last season only totaled two top 10 weekly finishes and only had four top 25 weekly finishes in all of last year. So if you're looking at playing these guys in DFS or making these guys like high priorities in best ball, the data just does not support that from last season. Now, Rashad Bateman last year did not play the entire season, but he did lead all Ravens wide receivers in target share at 18%. And then in the offseason, the Ravens went out and signed Odell Beckham Jr., and they drafted Zay Flowers in the first round of the 2023 NFL Draft. So basically, the Ravens redid their receiving room, whereas last year it was Robinson and Duvernay and Bateman and just a rotating cast of characters after that. Now it's going to be Bateman, Beckham, and Flowers with maybe some cameos from Devin Duvernay as the fourth guy in. Now, what makes this situation a very – what's the right word I'm looking for here? A very wide range of outcomes is the fact that there was so little work given to the wide receiver position last year with, with that position being the least targeted wide receiver room in the NFL and the fact that there's three guys who, who could potentially profile as the number one wide receiver. Like I mentioned, Rashad Bateman, 18 percent target share that's not like some scrub number like that's a legitimate starting nfl wide receiver target share but he just didn't play the entire season so i think it's going to be very difficult to predict this receiver room i think there's a very wide range of outcomes i do think that with this position the bottom line is this the new offensive coordinator todd munkin should bring in more of a total workload to the wide receiver position than they had last season i can't envision a scenario where this wide receiver room finishes with under 200 total targets again over the course of this season however betting on one of these guys to be the guy that comes through and ends up as a top 15 or top 20 wide receiver is a very risky proposition, in my opinion. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. coming off of not playing an entire season, coming off of a torn ACL. Zay Flowers, as a rookie out of Boston College, was elite in college. I loved him in college. He was a target monster. He was not big. He was very fast, and he still made contested catches. He still caught deep balls. He caught screens. He caught. He, he just. He had the full game as a small, fast wide receiver, which is not something you see every day. And then Rashad Bateman is the guy who commanded a lot of targets last year. Bigger, more physical target that has shown to be a solid NFL player in his young career. So, I don't know what to make of these three guys. I think they all three feature a very wide range of outcomes. You could draft them and end up getting a top 20 wide out or a guy that fails to crack the top 70. Um, and if that's a, you know, kind of a situation that you're willing to bring upon, then go for it. But I just think that right now with the lack of the workload and the lack of clarity in how the target shares are going to break out, I can't rank these guys very high. Bateman is my wide receiver 44. Flowers is my wide receiver 49. Odell Beckham is my wide receiver 54. In best ball, all these guys are being drafted around the same spot. 
I get it. What it means is if you want to stack up Lamar Jackson with one of these guys, you're probably going to have to pick one. Or if you want to pick two, that becomes another even more interesting proposition because it means that you're probably missing out on some other guys who have better paths to fantasy greatness as opposed to picking those two wideouts. So that does it for the wide receiver position. Let's go ahead and switch on over and talk about some tight ends. So, in direct contrast to the wide receiver position, the Ravens targeted the tight end position more than any other team in the NFL last season. Mark Andrews, after finishing his tight end one in 2021, finished his tight end four in 2022. Fun fact, Mark Andrews is the only guy to outscore Travis Kelsey in a season in the last four years. That's um, it's quite staggering. Anyway, Last year, Andrews ranked third among all tight ends in targets and receptions and first in air yards and target share. Translation is this. The Ravens offense did not have a huge passing volume. However, a lot of their volume went to Mark Andrews with the fact that he was leading all tight ends in air yards and target share. Now, also, because of how prolific they targeted the tight ends, Isaiah Lifley was able to finish his tight end 27 in 2022. Now, the reason why is because he did take advantage of a few games when Mark Andrews was out. If you look at Mark Andrews' week-to-week game log, Andrews had five weekly top three finishes but he only had eight in the top 12. That presents him as a little bit of a boomer bust option. He had five weeks outside the top 20 tight ends. However, what I do think is relevant is that Andrews' production last year significantly decreased with Tyler Huntley at quarterback, whereas, believe it or not, in 2021, his production increased with Tyler Huntley at quarterback. I can't explain that one. I don't get it. But the bottom line is this. Andrews was a better player with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. Lamar Jackson is back as the Ravens started quarterback. Now, Isaiah Likely had two weekly top three finishes last year. That's pretty impressive for a rookie who served as his team's backup. But you got to remember, two of those were... Well, let me rephrase. He had three weeks in the top 15, and two of those were those top three finishes, right? And likely finished as tight end nine in the one game that Mark Andrews missed in week nine. So likely very inconsistent target. Um, However, I do think that with as much as this team targeted the tight end, there is a path to success. In redraft leagues, he would be an instant waiver wire pickup if Mark Andrews were to ever miss time. So here's the bottom line for this. Last year, considering the missed production with Tyler Huntley under center, I would consider it kind of a floor season for Mark Andrews. And he still finished his tight end four. That, that is just a staggering fact to me that he had one of the worst seasons I could have envisioned for him, and he was still tight end for Major workload, major quarterback issues last year. I think he's going to bounce back. Isaiah likely makes for a great late round dynasty pickup or a target in best ball because he did show that weekly upside. And like I said, he's an instant waiver wire pickup if Andrews ever misses time. Mark Andrews is my tight end too. Isaiah likely, uh, I do not think he made my rankings, but he's just a guy that is a deep league um pickup or sleeper or waiver wire pickup. All right, so that does it for the tight end position, and that does it for the Baltimore Ravens 2023 preview. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit the like button. If you like what you saw, please subscribe as well. You'll be notified when all my new content drops. If you're listening to the podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else, please rate and review. It really helps me out a lot. I mentioned it earlier, but if you want to try out best ball or player props on Underdog, use my promo code MCONLEY88. You'll get your first deposit matched up to $100, pinned to my Twitter and linked in the YouTube description. And lastly, if you saw all these ranks and all these write-ups and thought that that was something you might want for your fantasy football season. Head on over to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. My full rankings and my draft guide are 
available on there. It is $3 a month to join. It's cheaper than many other premium fantasy sites. You can get the ranks. You can get the draft guide. I write up a weekly DFS article for golf. I will be doing so for college football and NFL when it comes back. And so you get all that for $3 a month. It's a lot cheaper than buying a magazine or subscribing to any other premium sites. All right, so that does it for the Baltimore Ravens preview. If you're subscribed, you'll be notified when the next episode drops, which is going to be the Cleveland Browns continuing our tour of the NFC North. So hopefully was able to give you guys some information here in this episode that'll help you win your redraft dynasty or best ball league. Thank you guys for watching or listening to this point. I will see you next time.